This is Scott. This is Rebecca. And we're the CEOs of Hardy, Party of Five. And a half. It's not really a company, it just sounds cool. And if you're looking for a normal family, well, you've certainly come to the wrong place. So keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and let's see where this roller coaster takes us. Some of you may recognize this song. It's kind of in the Wayback Machine, <laughs> but it's very dear to me. It is? Yes. I used to watch this every day after school. I did I watched watch the this. Star Trek, the first Star Trek, and then I watched Leave It to Beaver. Wait, there was a first Star Trek? Well, yeah, the original Star Trek. Was on a TV and not, um, oh yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, a TV it was a series show. first. I didn't watch that either. It was a series for two or three years. I was a busy yeah. child. I did not watch these shows. Well, you didn't have TV or indoor we had plumbing a TV. or. Yes, we did. <laughs> we had a TV and <laughs> indoor plumbing. But our TV, I mean, you know, it was the kind you had to get up and go change with my. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, being the youngest, I was the remote control. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> You Were you the that? remote control? I don't. I just don't remember watch. I remember gathering to watch Dukes of Hazard. Okay. I don't remember gathering to watch anything else. I think we were pretty fancy on our block. We. I feel like we were one of the first to have cable. Really? Yeah, and then I. It was smooth sailing for me. Oh my goodness. Because I didn't have to change channel. Oh, anymore. when cable came with remote controls. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't see. I don't know this. And I didn't have to do the rabbit or hold the rabbit ears. Do you remember holding the rabbit ears with aluminum foil on them? I did not hold them. But tell me, mm. when did you get cable? I think it was 1980 or 1981, early 80s, somewhere in there. By this time, I lived in Montana. We for sure did not have it there. So we probably didn't have anything like that. Didn't you etch stories on inside (laughs) cave walls? That's what we did. That's what we did. I just don't remember watching that much TV. Anyways, why leave it to Beaver? Well, because it's about family Family. and parenting. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of contrast that to parenting these days because I know parenting is. Uh, a passion of yours yes and you love to talk about it you love to help young mothers and young mm-hmm. fathers and so and that's it, what we're going to talk about today the leave it to beaver days i bet yeah i just wanted to see like maybe some of those values are still there but mm-hmm. how do we apply apply some of those values to right. modern day especially since the beaver didn't have a cell phone or anything like that to deal with oh yeah that's true no social media <laughs> no social media that had to be a little easier parenting, don't probably. you think? Maybe. I think that we were maybe, um, probably it was easier parenting, but also maybe we didn't dig quite into as much as we need to know about our kids. Like we might have been a little. Well, Do you think we dig too much though now? Yes. I think we went from maybe not being involved at all to like maybe being like over involved. And maybe knowing where they're at at every moment. And yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Some of that. Of being a little more hands-off, maybe. I know. I don't know that we need to know where our kids are every moment, but yet I want to know where my kids are Well, every it's moment. good to know See, in an emergency situation. Right. Like, if you hadn't heard from That's them, That's always it's the great. fallback that we say, but yeah. really, I don't know. Is it just too much? You just want to know at any moment? I just want to know. I don't know if it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> to anybody. know every moment, yeah. For anybody, but it is what we do nowadays, so there you go. Okay, so we've got a few topics we're going to talk about today, and I've got some questions for Bring you. Bring it on. Okay, we all know parenting's hard. If you've had a kid, <laughs> you know that this is hard. Of any age. I was just talking to a close friend on the phone 
this evening, mm-hmm. just talking about what was going on with their now 20-year-old. Yeah. And I don't know if it gets any easier. It becomes different. Yeah. But it's still interesting. Right. Because so, everything's a suggestion at this age with them. But. Yeah, you become a an advisor instead of... Yeah. The commandant, you know. <laughs> That's funny. So it's hard, and you know that because we've raised three boys. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think it's hard, and at the same time, why is it so important? Well, I think it's hard because I think balancing, like, the tough love phase that everybody went through, I think balancing tough love and grace is hard to do. If you show your kids too much grace, then they're going to take advantage of your kindness. But if you show too much tough love and no grace, well, then you're going to wonder why your kids don't show grace to their friends or grace to their family. I mean, you're going to see that kind of play out as well. So it's a balance of like trying to figure out when you show grace and when you have tough love and how you how you kind of marry the two things. To give you an example, I think that when our kids were younger, you know, we had friends that if their kid forgot something at school, if we had friends that would just never take them anything ever at all, like you never get one opportunity for me to take you anything. Yeah. Like if you forgot your homework or your cleats or your whatever instrument. And then we had friends that, you know, went up to the school twice a week because their kid forgot things all the time. And so we kind of came up with the whole, you get two, two passes, you know, get two passes a semester. Three strikes and you're out. Two. Yeah. Well, on the third one, on the third one, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and and I mean, the thing is, is you and I had to have a conversation about that because I was like, listen, I forget my lunch and you bring it to me. Do I want you to show me tough love? No, I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm at work. And you said to me, I'm not trying to parent you. I'm not trying to raise you into some kind of responsible adult. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But also we have to show them a measure of grace. There's got to be a balance somehow. So that's what we came up with was basically, we're going to give you a couple of choice uh, chances uh, each semester. Some opportunities for us to help. Right. And to show that, yeah, there's a place to help. And then there's a place to say no more. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, in 18 very short years, this is why it's important. You're going to, launch these human beings out into the world. And so you want them to have the best opportunity to like thrive and survive. And if you are constantly picking up the pieces for them, then that's not going to be helpful for them. And if you, if you don't teach them how to show grace to others, also that's probably not going to work out very well either. So that's how I feel about it. Okay. A big part of parenting is getting to know your kids and what traits and qualities they have. Mm -hmm. So as we raised three kids, what qualities did you pursue in them that you wanted to cultivate? Hmm. I think one of the biggest qualities or traits that your kids need to have is they need to learn how to fail. Ah, And you need to let them kind of live in that, in that failure. I mean, you don't need to rescue them from everything. So I think that, you know, when you, when you, I'm not talking about taking a failure and turning it into a success. That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about taking a failure, accepting it as a failure, picking up the pieces and moving on, not trying to do better to make it right or whatever. Um, so have you, have you heard of helicopter parenting? You know what that is, right? Yeah. yeah. The hovering. So the new term now is snowplow parenting. Snowplow. Yes. I haven't heard this one. You haven't? It's like where the snowplow goes in front and smooths out the way for the kid to just have the smooth, you know, the smooth path. 
which, you know, when you're trying to develop these humans that you're going to launch into the world, that doesn't give them very great, you know, ways to deal with adversity when they don't know how to spread their little wings and fly because they've been, they've been, you know, had a snowplow parent where everything has just been smoothed out for them. So you and I would both agree that we learn more from our you know, failures that we have ever learned from our successes. So you have to let your kids fail. You need to let them fail at simple things like burn the brownies, let them fail at baking cookies. Then maybe they need to fail. Why do you want to let them burn the brownies? Well, I mean, just and the cookies. they can't just be successful all the time. Uh, okay. So, you know, or let them, you know, they're going to fail a test. They might even fail a grade. Let them forget their equipment. For school or their instrument maybe they forget their homework and they have consequences from teachers and coaches that you don't pick up the pieces for that you're not emailing the teacher or coach and saying oh it was my fault car wouldn't start or you know whatever like you you there's consequences that might be from other people that you need to just let those kind of develop and they need to learn how to handle that adversity so within that failure though do you talk about you know, why did they fail and kind of look at, okay, can you change your habits in studying or something like that to not fail again, right. like have this consequence, but maybe look into what are the reasons for exactly. the failure. And yeah. to that exact point, that is why your kids have to fail when they still live at home. They're not going to do very great at this if they're 30. So the failure needs to happen in the home where you can address it. You can work on things to make it better they they need to this needs to be something that you let them do while they're still under your roof yeah yeah they're still going to fail when they're 30 though <laughs> yeah, but, but hopefully they've learned at home when we could when the parent could support them right of how to handle it right if they yeah. if they learn that and they learn that life's not always just super smooth and roses then you know when they get older they've they're more equipped to handle you know handle the adversities okay so no snowplow parenting Okay. So along, the, along those lines, we've talked about qualities of kids. So also each kid is unique. Mm -hmm. Like we can see with Drew, Jake, and Alex yeah. that they totally have different personalities, different passions. Mm -hmm. um, so as a parent, how do you find out, how do you uncover what your child's gifts are abilities mm -hmm. and then from there how do you help like nurture those abilities and those gifts hmm. well i know for us we made it important to involve our kids in different activities and we along those lines we basically said you're going to get to participate in a athletic activity and a fine arts activity so you know two things each kid which i mean there's three kids so that's six things that's a lot of things but very quickly you kind of figure out this kid's going to love music this kid's going to love you know baseball or whatever and so you as you you need to expose them both bo to both of those things though to act to physical activities and you know theater choir band anything like that it just gives you it gives them the opportunity to see what they like and then honestly developing those things I don't think is quite as important I think the way that you do, you use those things to develop a child 
that's in the car ride on the way there. That's in the car ride on the way home. That's when you get to have the heart to heart conversations. You sit at practice and you go, Hey, I noticed that Johnny in the dugout was sitting by himself. Maybe tomorrow you could ask him if you could warm up with him. Or that's when you find out, you know, Hey, at, at your recital tonight, you seemed pretty angry about something that your teacher said, let's talk about that anger. Like, let's work that out. Just be attentive. And kind of that's when the that's when the magic happens in the car ride or stop at Sonic. And I, and I, you and I both know that kids will open up so much more all the way. I mean, this is magic with teenagers too, just like magic to, to not have face to face conversations. So you can sit in a car facing forward and not have to have looking at someone in the eye when you ask them hard questions. You don't want to make every car ride to band hard. Like a dramatic, no, you yeah. have, have things you talk about all the time, but I, I kept a little list in my phone of like different things that I know you're surprised I had a list yeah. um, of little things that I just knew I wanted to address in each kid whenever I had the time and had him in the car with me. So, you know, I, I just think that's important to have those conversations. The other place that you can have a, not a face to face conversation because it takes the vulnerability out is when you go in at night, like we pray with our kids before they go to sleep. And that's the first time I remember having this kind of epiphany. It's dark and my kid doesn't seem to want me to leave the room yet. So I just simply ask him, Hey, he's in, he was in, it was Drew. He was in sixth or seventh grade. No, seven must've been seventh grade. And I said, Hey, have you ever seen drugs at your school? And he was like, yeah. And I, I was really kind of taken back. I was like, Oh, okay. Now we're going to have a conversation. It's in the dark and we're not looking at each other. It's just yeah. so, you know, not vulnerable and they're more willing to talk. So lots of conversations in the car, the activity is going to develop or not, acti- you know, not going to develop whatever, but the conversations that you have in between, I think are what, what helps you with that. What like ties it all in together. I think that's the important part. Okay. Well now, I know that there was a time where you were going to write this big parenting book. <laughs> and we've probably discussed it on the show before. Yeah. But that kind of morphed into something else. It morphed into children's books. Right. So how do, how do the children's books, What what is your intention with the children's books? As far as parenting goes and children and right. developing so, children. I did. I started this big parenting book and I got frustrated with it. It's still on that computer right there that's recording this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of broken It's on a up. big bulletin board in our bedroom, <laughs> it, too. It is. I'm about to take that down. It's frustrating me. Uh because I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it's laid out. I had it laid out pretty well. And then I... I don't know. I move some things around. I'm not as good at like saving things as you are. I don't know if I have the original in the same. I don't even know. But I had a bunch of things written out topic wise. And when it came down to it, honestly, over it was over when we were doing the shelter in place for COVID. I was like, I'm going to pull out a couple of truths of this big parenting book and think about what I would like a child to hear. So the first book is called Am I Ready? And it is it's what they call a growing up book where basically the character is um, a young boy and he's trying to tie his shoes. He's wondering if he's, if he's ready, he can't do it. He's frustrated. And the parent in the book is constantly repeating the same line, which is put in the work and do your best. You simply can't worry about the rest. So the kid is trying to tie his shoes. Then he's trying to write his name. Then he's trying to ride a bike. He's trying to throw a baseball. Eventually he's going to college And eventually he's going to um, be a dad himself. And so at the end of the book, 
it's him asking his daughter is asking him she's trying to tie your shoes and she's saying am i ready so it circles back around to the next generation so one of the important truths i mean it's about diligence this book is about diligence no doubt that you're going to put in the work do your best that's what you can do but also an interesting thing about this book i think is about is about not being successful at every single thing that you try did he eventually ride his bike probably did he eventually learn how to write his name well i hope so did he eventually learn how to tie his shoes well fun fact my illustrator put him in velcro shoes as an adult at the end of the book my illustrator being you scott yes and i thought that was brilliant because you know you're you're just not going to succeed at every single thing you do so here's this adult in this book still wearing velcro shoes so i think that's just a great way to i don't know to continue instilling in your kids that you you know try try your hardest at everything but just because you try your hardest does not guarantee success it does guarantee it can guarantee that you're going to have some a thriving adult you know that can push through adversity so it gives you a better chance it gives you a better chance because <laughs> nothing right. is really 100 percent. Exactly. you can't predict everything right but yeah. also what i do like about the book is you decided that we were going to do a girl's version and a boy's version right yeah which you know opens it up to realize that with both of those sexes there's a lot of the same scenarios and circumstances that happen yeah it's almost the exact same book my the girl in the boy book he plays football the girl book she plays football when you were telling people about that what reactions did you get i thought it was kind of it was kind of interesting because you think nowadays everybody would be like that's oh, they're cool. playing football? That's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah they but were you got actually a lot of different reactions. trying to give me other ideas. Or she could play soccer. Or yeah. she could play. And I was like, or she could play football. Yeah. Or she could, you know, run track. I'm like, or she could play football. You know, so I, I mean, Jake, I guess his freshman year played football with a girl that was a kicker. And I didn't have a problem with that. So, I don't know. I just, I thought it was kind of cool that she was, she was still going to play football. And what I also like about the book is... It shows, because I was just, I had this conversation with my friend this evening mm-hmm. of you're, you're trying to give advice to your 18, 20 year old, even your 14 year old. Yeah. And they look at you like, you've never been young. You've never been through this. Mm-hmm. They think you were born like 45 years old, apparently, <laughs> and that you've never been through anything. 45 years old and stupid. Right. <laughs> and what I like about the book is that you're seeing that the kid grows up to have a kid and is you're about to go through the same process same with process. that kid. Yeah. And when we're kids and especially teenagers mm-hmm. and like young adults, we don't really realize that our parents went through the same stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's great in the book that you kind of, you show that we're all going to go through the same stuff. Yeah. We do have we to change with the times. I mean, we are the first oh, parents. Yeah. We are the first generation to parent through cell phones. So that's kind of a bigger crazy deal but the next the second book was is called do brave things today and so it's the same girl from the girl book another great illustrator on this one another great and actually great i work. love the illustrations on this book because it's she's a little superhero and so it's a lot of i don't know what's that that look is called but you know like when you would read batman it would be like pow and it's like yeah. a little what it's a, like called? a comic book yeah it's theme. a comic book feel yeah and so she wants to wear her hair crazy, and, and she's doing brave things today. But it, it goes into she wants to donate toys. She's doing brave things today. She wants to have a birthday party for her grandma. So it progresses on. So that those two are done. I have one more that I'm 
in my mind, I, the truth that I want to pull from my big parenting book on this one is honesty. And I've got the tagline, don't have anything else about it, but this one comes from I, a place where I feel like we as parents teach our kids to lie. So yeah. we teach them to lie by telling them to not tell dad that that shirt costs $40, tell him it was 20 um, when we go up to the movie, just tell them that you're 11 instead of 12 so we can get the discounted ticket or let's, you know, but anyway, you can kind of cheat the system. And then you wonder why your 16 year old lies to you about something small and, you know, but we basically, they learn that from us, you know, so we as parents need to be aware of that. So in this book, this honesty book, I don't have anything but the tagline and a couple of thoughts about it. And so the tagline on that one will be, um, do your best to let the truth be told. Honesty is good when you're young and when you're old. And the old part pertains to us as parents. So somewhere in the book, you know, the parents kind of be saying that to the, to the child when they're, you know, talking about honesty. But yeah. at some point in the book, I really like it to flip and the child says it to the parent. So it becomes uh, the parent saying, oh, yeah, you're right. This is good information for me also. Honesty is good when you're young and when you're old. So I don't know. I'd like there to be, is it, it's not called a trilogy when it's a book. What, what do we call it? There's three. If there's three, like a, I would just like say a, a series, set. like a series. Yeah. yeah, a series. So I'm a true author right here. Like I know all the words. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that's kind this of, is the Lord of the Rings of children's books. <laughs> that's right. Yes. So I don't know. That's kind of my thought on those three books. Maybe I'll get back to the other parenting book and the ba very, very back recesses of my mind. I would love to do some like. Did you did you ever read Encyclopedia Brown? Oh yeah, I love those books, and I don't. I don't know if you can get away with something like that where you actually have the answer in the back of the book. You know how that how you flip to the back. I don't know that I necessarily want it set up that way, but I love my superhero character, and if I turned her into some kind of like child super sleuth, where she did, you know, she found like not hard cases, but like childlike cases, it yeah. would be for you know elementary school kids. Short, very short books. I don't know. It's in the back recesses of my mind. Well, now you've got my wheels turning, but right. we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So you've talked about <laughs> tough love and you've talked about like the boundaries of lying and that kind of thing. How do you, what advice can you give as far as setting boundaries with your kids and showing discipline to them mm -hmm. and making discipline an important thing? Because I think sometimes we're scared of discipline because... We don't want to seem harsh right? or, you know, yeah. So how do you, how do you do that with the, so with I kids? think as far as boundaries go, I always remember this quote that Dr. James Hobson said, which is children are like security guards at night. They're going to go around and check the doors and they want to find them locked. They want to see that the boundaries in place. They don't want to find an unlocked door. Truly. They want to know that you have boundaries and they're in place. And for us, I remember um, when our kids were young, we, you know, you tend to spout out things like, if you don't stop doing that, you're not going to have dessert for a year, or you're not going to ever play baseball again, or you're not going you to... You kind of go over the top to get it to stop. You tend to say crazy things, yeah, over Did, the top to get it to stop. Yeah, that's a new phrase. <laughs> Maybe that's a new book. Yeah, hey. don't go over the top to get it to stop. I yeah. don't know. I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, for us we had to come to some agreements on each one of our kids and their consequences. So all of our kids were different. And one kid wanted to not be put in the corner. 
he didn't like that very much. Another one didn't want to go to his room. That was, you know, and and another kid didn't care if he was in his room for that afternoon. Like he would, he liked it in there. So you have to know your kid to set up these consequences. But we made a a board like a pegboard or a um, cork board in our in our um, where we used to teach our kids. What is that called? Homeschooling. Um, <laughs> in our old home, and we put it on the wall, and so we could put each kid's consequences. So the first consequence might be. Um, timeout, 10 minutes of timeout. The second consequence, you know, so you've got the kid's name written there. First consequence is timeout. Second consequence is I'm going to take your favorite toy away for the rest of the day. Third consequence is you have to go to bed 30 minutes earlier than everybody else. And so what that did was, and, and I remember even for one of our kids, we drew pictures because they weren't even old enough to read yet. But we were like, here's your first consequence. Here's your second consequence. And here's your third consequence. That way you knew not to spout off anything crazy because you couldn't follow through with that. You had their consequences already in order. They had to change and shift as your kid grew up. It also put you and I on the same page. So yeah. there was never any guesswork and never any confusion. The kids knew what to expect. They knew there were going to be cons. It's a whole lot easier to follow through when you have a plan. So if you just are, you know, you know, blindsided by some form of disobedience and you don't know, you know, what you're going to do or say, and you spout off something, it just, you can't back. It's, it's harder to backtrack. You can backtrack. It's just when you have your consequences, but also don't they need to be immediate? Yeah, of course. I mean, because I hear a lot of, it seems, and I've done it myself. I'm sure we've both done it as a parent. You kind of, you don't really want to ruin the moment and have the consequence because maybe mm-hmm. you're having a fun time and then things get carried away or whatever. Right. And you want to keep that going, but you also know, Oh man, Right. They did something they that we don't find acceptable, so they're supposed to be disciplined there, but I'm just right. going to put it off or you you know, you bluff and you right. like you said you have these big giant consequences that are never going to happen. Right. What do you think that does to a kid well, but if you're that's not consistent? Yeah. Not being consistent but not so, not being immediate. Yeah. When it I, and that's a good point because, you know, you've got your consequence list, but not all the infractions your kid are going to do are going to be right there in your home where you can give a consequence immediately. So you're at the grocery store and your kids acting a fool and you're like consequence number 1, time out. You can't do time out at a grocery store. You're trying to get out there as fast as you can with all these kids you're toting around. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to, have to, have to follow through when you get home. You just have to. Like, it is so easy. You're going to get home. You're going to be unloading the groceries. The ice cream is going to be melting. You're going to want some of that ice cream. And you're just going to, the kids are going to go off and play. And they're going to be quiet for a minute. And you're going to be like, uh, forget it. I don't care. No. You have to. I mean, I remember somebody calling me when they had very young kids and saying, do I have to get onto her every time she touches the TV? And I told her no. And I, yes, I'm sorry you do. Because when your kid runs out to the street, you want them to listen to you when you have to yell at them. And then go, you know, when your kids are older, you want them to trust that you have their best interest at heart and that you're going to follow through with your consequences. So bluffing is never the way to go. But the most important thing about these consequences and discipline is the next step, which a lot of people don't follow through with, which is when your child has served their consequence, you go to them, you get down on their level, you put your arms around them and you tell them you love them. You don't like what they did, but that you love them very much. Give them a hug and you show them affection, physical affection, touch them with your hands, give them a hug and speak the words. I love you. I'm disappointed in what you did today, but I love you. And tomorrow's a new day and you give them a hug and you've got to, it's just bringing it full circle. You got mm-hmm. to come all the way around. They need to know that they are still um, loved and valued and Aside from what 
you know, whatever they did that yeah. caused them. So to carry on with that, what are other ways that you can show your kids that they're loved and appreciated? I think that that's so simple and we want to make that so hard, but it's as simple as saying, you know, Hey, why don't you sit down with me and make the menu for the week? Do you want spaghetti on Tuesday or tacos on Tuesday? They get to have a say, like give them a say. Like their opinion matters. Their opinion it definitely matters. And you know, it can be just so simple. Hey, on the way home, do you want to grab Chick-fil-A or McDonald's? Let them pick. It's not going to kill you. Let them pick, let them help, you know, help with the menu. Let them cook. And is it easier to make spaghetti without a six year old? Absolutely. But we're trying to raise, we're trying to raise adults here. And let them come in the kitchen with you. Teach them what a teaspoon looks like. Teach them what a tablespoon looks like. You still struggle with this today, don't you? I feel like you were just <laughs> the big T, the TB, you yeah. know, all that. <laughs> that's the same thing. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, <laughs> just making sure you knew that. I don't think you knew that. <laughs> well, we just had that discussion that the big T and the TB are the same. Yes, so I remember yeah, that. Yeah. So, anyways, I retain just, that. You include them in decision making. So. It, it, to the extent that they can be. There's going to be plenty of adult decisions you need to make without them with your spouse or otherwise. But for the most part, you know, let them tell them, you know, you love their sense of fashion. What clothes are you going to wear today? Let them have some freedoms on things that you can let them have freedoms on and include them on things that you can include. You know, tonight we're going to, we're going to watch a 30 minute show. What do you want to watch? And if they want to watch the same show they've watched all day long, like, or for the entire year, Watch it one more time, you know. Don't try to talk about it. Their opinion matters, and they're, and it's valuable. So, you know, just kind of lean in and let them be involved. Let them pick the board game or whatever. And something I've always tried to do, I've always tried to know what the kids are interested in. So, and even now as they're getting older, those are the things we can text about. If I see a story about a football player that I know Jake would be interested in, I can text him about it and say, hey, what do you think about this? Right. To start a conversation and keep some connection. Mm -hmm. Or if I see a shoe that I don't know, I'm watching a basketball game, I don't know the shoe, I'll send a picture to Alex and say, hey, what's this shoe? And you he know? can tell you in two seconds. Yeah, or with Drew, I'll see like a cool, yeah, a cool yeah. song or something yeah. like that, and I right. can send it to him. So I think it's knowing what your kids are interested in. Right can help you build relationship mm -hmm. and then also continue that as they get older. Right. Like it gives you something to talk about as they get older. Mm -hmm. So you a don't lot of feel it comes so disconnected. Down to acting on what you're thinking because mm -hmm. you're thinking, Oh, Alex would really know what that shoe is. Well, I'll just ask him. Yeah, why most not? people just, yeah. would just say, Alex would probably know what that shoe is, but I don't know. Or Drew would probably love this song. I, I think it's cool, but they wouldn't take that one extra step just to engage. And I think that's important. Take the extra step. So parenting advice, what's what's the best what's the best piece of parenting advice that you've gotten <laughs> that you could share with us to help us all be perfect parents and oh have perfect goodness. kids? <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because my one of the best parenting advice you actually or the one that said this to me, and that is you you said we could parent perfectly. We could do everything we won't, but you could parent perfectly and do everything right. And your kids still get to pick. And it's, it, you know, it's a little bit of a relief. Like you're, you are going to make mistakes and we're going to do our best. But in the end, like we talked about when your kids are adults, they, everything becomes a suggestion and you get to then just go alongside them, you know, and partner with them and as being a friend and a hopefully, give an advisor on some things, but for the most part, 
I think that there's a little bit of pressure taken off when you, when you know, when I mean, your, your kids still get to pick. So you can't be responsible for all their choices. You can just do your best. Well, it's like you talked about with the mistakes too. We had to go through mistakes to learn. Mm -hmm. So we have to realize that as our kids get older, they're going to have those mistakes too. So we right. can't, even when they're now adults, we can't really stop that from happening or it's not healthy to stop that from happening. Right. It's, we can be there to say, Hey, to give them reminders because mm -hmm. like for us, we would say, you know, write down a list of pros and cons on a big decision, mm -hmm. pray about a big decision, mm -hmm. you know, and see what God wants you to do with that and see where those doors are opening and closing. Mm -hmm. So really, we become like, I, I imagine it of, we're like high-powered consultants. You know what I mean? <laughs> high-powered, <laughs> underpaid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like we can come in and hopefully if we've, if we've loved on our kids enough, not perfectly, of course, mm -hmm. that they can respect us enough to at least hear us out. Right. You know, like, and I, my hope is that they will come back and go, hey, mom, dad, what do you think about this? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... That's one of the greatest things that I think we can hope for as the kids get older is, right. hey, what do mom and dad think about this? Yeah. So maybe that shows that we've kept some connection and they also respect how we did things. Right, yeah. Yeah. So I also think that one other thing that's important, a uh, piece of advice, was just, I think, just be present in the best way that you can be. And you already said some of those things. As an, as with our kids are older, being present is easier and harder, but just be, just thinking, like you said, like just sending them a picture or quote or a song or whatever that you think that they would like. I think that that is such a great way to stay engaged. When our kids were little, I remember being so overwhelmed with this. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, we have three kids. We're on zone defense. We're not on man to man anymore. How do we have quality time with each of these kids? Oh, one-on-one -on -one each with mom and one-on-one -on -one each with dad. I'm like, there is not enough time in the week to do that. I just remember thinking, well, how, we, who can do that? But I, what I realized was I was thinking of quality time as like, got to take them to the zoo or got to take them each for ice cream. I mean, I, it was too much. What I realized was that was my idea of quality time. And mm -hmm. for them... We really could pare it down and having what we ended up doing was having each kid have two nights out of the week because there's three of them and they would pick a book and get to stay up later than all the other than the other kids. The other kids would go to bed. The one one child a night got to stay up and pick a book and they would sit between us. We would read them this book and we would pray specifically with that child and then they would go to bed. And so we did that. To, you know, throughout the week twice for each, each kid. And then we didn't do anything on Sundays, like with each, with each, with an individual kid, but it was just so special. It's five minutes of your time. Your kid gets to pick out a book that mom and dad are going to read. You're going to, they're going to sit between you two. They have your uninvited attention. You're going to read this book. You're going to pray over them. And then they get to go to bed. They feel special. They got to stay up a little later. They feel valued. I mean, it's, it's kind of all encompassing. So I feel like that's what we did when they were smaller. And as they get older, you're right. It is just kind of staying connected and engaged on what they're, you might not care one thing about jazz or shoes or whatever, but figure out what they care about and ask them about it, you know? So, you know, I think it's important to stay connected on those levels. Now with all the things we've talked about, like all this great advice, what would you tell someone? Because we've had this happen before. Like we'll give some, 
advice about parenting and we'll talk to someone that's maybe a little further along because a lot of stuff we've talked about you need to start it when they're right. younger mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me but you're you're gonna have teenagers yeah and maybe you've been doing some things maybe not the most efficient way and you find out later yeah what do you say to that parent that oh man we've been after I've heard this or I've heard some advice from someone else, what do I do now? Because I feel like I can't change things now. Right, yeah. So what do you do? What do you tell that I person? I mean, I feel like that's <clears throat> part, that's also part of parenting where you, where you get to go back to your kids and go, listen, we've been doing things this way and I don't think that's the best for you. And I don't think that's the best for our family. And we're going to do things differently. Now you're the parent. You get to say that you get to make those decisions. Now you have to follow through with your decisions um, but you get, you get to change the course and that's okay. You're the adult. So I just don't think there's anything wrong with going and saying, look, I have let you, you know, do whatever, have your phone till midnight in your room every night and be on your phone as much as you want, you know, for your whole, you know, as long as you've had a phone. And now I just don't, I just don't think that was the wisest choice. And we're going to make some different decisions. Your kid is probably going to pitch a fit about that. If they're 14 and 15 years old, they are not going to be happy with you. They'll get over it and they'll get used to it. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be fine. And, and there's no shame in saying I was wrong. I messed that up. I did that wrong. We're going to do it different on, in that regard, in a parenting regard. And then also just in a life regard. I, I remember, um, one of our kids one time saying to me, because he felt overwhelmed with the pressure of being perfect. Yeah. And I remember him saying, I just never see a mess up mom. And I was like, oh my gosh, I mess up all the time. When I stub my toe, do you know the word that wants to come flying out of my mouth? Or What is it? What's the word? I'm not going to say the oh, word. Okay. This is being recorded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll spell it out for you later. <laughs> um, anyways, you know, it was just a matter of how much I realized I protected our kids from my own sin. And my own, like what I needed to say, Hey, I really messed that up. So I started, I started inviting them into that part of my life where I'm like, yeah, I totally messed up today. I, this is how I messed up today. And then that also helps them realize they're human and making mistakes is part of being human. Then, then maybe when you get to that 15 year old where you're like, Hey, guess what? Messed up again. And now we're going to change course because I feel like it's going to be better for you and us. So I think it's just never too late. It's harder when they get older. It's going to be way harder. Because you've developed so many you've habits developed. that everybody's yes. used to. Yeah. That's exactly right. You have developed. It is a whole lot harder to rein the reins back in than it is to loosen them. So you, I, you've you spent know. 15 years doing it a certain way. It's going to take some mm -hmm. time to adapt to a yeah. new way. Yeah. And most of the time I see this issue with clothes and cell phones. So you've let them dress a certain way. And parents, you know, sometimes a mom will come to me and be like, well, that's how she's, you know, I dressed her when she was little because it was cute. And now it's not necessarily appropriate or modest and they wish they wouldn't. You know, so it's a matter of having to go, listen, this is wh how things were, but this isn't how it's going to be now. We're going to, we're going to have to change course. Uh, and here's why. And give your reasons why. Same with cell phones. When your kid starts out with a cell phone, I would personally say now I would say start out with tight reins and then loosen them. But if you didn't and you let them have cell phones in their rooms or wherever at all hours and freedoms on their phones, you, you still get to say it's, we're going to, we're going to change course. I, you know, I don't think this is the most healthiest thing. It's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for you. So 
you're the parent. You get to make those decisions. It's not easy when they're older, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Definitely worth it. So there is hope for parents. <laughs> it's, it's what. Did, did, that's I, did I the, make it sound all hard? No, no. <laughs> I was just being a little dramatic there. I just, the, the phrase that kept coming to me while we've been talking is the phrase that you shared, mm. which is the days are long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing to remember because when you have the young, tiny kids, you're like, is this ever going to end? Yeah. And am I ever going to sleep? And <laughs> No, the answer to that is no. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We've been matter. tired for 20 Doesn't years. Matter. Yep. But at the same time, you need to savor that mm-hmm. as much as you can because now we're at this age where kids are leaving and it's like, wow, that happened fast. That happened fast. When it didn't seem the day was really long, yeah. When they wouldn't sleep and they were fighting and all Uh that, but man, where did they go? I know, you know, yep, that's crazy. So, like you said before, just savor every moment, yep, in parenting. Mm -hmm. I'm loved moving through the stages, I'm looking forward to these next stages of our adult kids. I think it's so fun. So, I don't know that I would go. I don't know that I would go back to the younger ones, but it did go by so fast. You just don't realize it. When you're a young mom and somebody says, oh, you blink and you'll miss it. And sometimes you're like, how many times do I have to blink for this to <laughs> go a little faster? Like but, it's magic if I blink yeah, enough yeah. and it changes. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you truly, get, you know, once you get your adult kids, it's way different. But I think for the younger parents or maybe kids that don't have parents yet mm-hmm. that are listening, it's good to know... That you need to savor those moments. As yeah. hard as it can get, mm-hmm. you still need to appreciate those moments. Right. And appreciate every stage. I like what you said about that. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I think probably the hardest stage for most can be the empty nest mm-hmm. because you've done for 20 or 30 years, however long your kid stays, <laughs> <laughs> you, depending on if you have a basement or not, oh, um, it's just, uh, it's work. Yeah. It is hard, hard work. But you got to stay the course. That's right. If you want to have kids that you enjoy, especially I feel like staying the course when you're young, when they're young, helps you have just even teenagers that you enjoy being around, you know, and then having adults that you enjoy being around. I mean, I just think it, it's so much work and it's so much worth it. Awesome. Yeah. It's been a great discussion. It's been a great discussion. I know. You're thanks. a great parent. Oh, thanks for Not perfect, much. but, <laughs> but you've you done a great job. parenting Yes. And I just want to say, like the title is Mother's Knows Best. We were kind of being playful with that, mm-hmm. with the beaver thing. But we do think fathers are obviously important, too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's a mother and a father. Yeah, and, it is. You know. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Yeah. I could not imagine having walked this alone i know a lot of people do but i i can't even begin to imagine how exhausting that would be because there's some days where like you would be i can do this and i would be like i can't Mm -hmm. do this anymore yeah and then the next day it would be turned yeah so you can you can help each other get through it right there i remember you texting me probably not too long ago and saying if when you come in the house if you could just not like bark orders so you didn't really say that but that's yeah. what i do i tend to walk in and go you've got your list of what everybody needs yes, to do yes i have a list of, a running list in my head all the time so you know i think it's helpful to have someone to call you and to check and if you know if you're a single parent then you need to find a really good friend to 
to really be frank with about things. So it's a good thing to have accountability. So anyways. It's a hard job, but it's an awesome job. That's right. Well, thank you for letting me talk a lot. Yeah. I appreciate it. Anytime. Yep. So if you haven't already, go to Amazon and look up Am I Ready? <laughs> the Girl Book or the Boy Book by Rebecca Hardy. Also, you can look up Do Brave Things Today by Rebecca Hardy. Also, both illustrated by the Scott Hardy. So I'm super excited about that. They've been doing really well and they're on Teacher Pay Teacher. So that's really cool. And if you have not liked and subscribed to our podcast, you should do that right away. And then you will get right to your phone. As soon as we drop a new podcast, it'll show up. Hey, look, we post a new podcast and you should listen to it today and share it with your favorite people. All right. Hardy Party Five and a Half. Over and out. We'll see you next time. Thank you.